Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know what were they thinking? Backroom deals, huge amounts of money, CIA secrets, sets off a firestorm in Washington, affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Getting you ready for the day in sports betting. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSEN, the sports betting network. It is hour number two on Point Spread Saturday here on VSEN, the sports betting network. And the top of hour two means it is time to get to our picks. Femi and Bebefe alongside Amal Shaw, week four college football. Amal, it is time. The folks have been waiting. They've been wondering. You were on the bye week last week, so they couldn't get them unless maybe you gave them out earlier on Odds On, which is also a show you should check out a part of our new VEASAN lineup there. Amal Shaw, Mike Palm over at the Circa. But they have been waiting two weeks. What do you like on today's college football slate? Yeah, I want to start out uh, with the game at Chestnut Hill. I like Boston College here, plus 105 against uh, Missouri. I was surprised to see Missouri uh, favored in this one. I think part of it, though, is the fact that uh, Phil Jurkovic is out for Boston College at the quarterback position. That's a bit of a blow. I still think this BC team under Jeff Halfley has just really done a nice job. We'll see if Dennis Grossell can play well today. Excuse me, but I like Boston College here. And then, Femi, this line of Stanford uh, and UCLA is now down to four and a half. I took this one earlier in the week. I like uh, Stanford here catching four. I would take this game to down to three. I think they win this football game outright. Uh, I don't understand why the Bruins are a road favorite here. At one point, I think as high as potentially six. So I like the Cardinal at home. And remember, David Shaw has won 11 out of 12 against UCLA. I think that trend continues today on the farm. Ohio State-Akron, 66.5. I mentioned earlier how bad the Ohio State defense has been, but I think this is a game where Ryan Day wins. Remember, no C.J. Stroud under center. You're going to have Jack Miller or uh, Kyle McCord, who are the quarterbacks there. Buckeyes should be able to name their score, but I think you get to a point where you know you're up say 49 to seven or 56 to seven. Hopefully the game kind of shuts down at that point in time. I think it's going to be one of those where you don't really try and embarrass a team that you already know is struggling. So I think Ohio state covers this, excuse me, uh, this game stays under the total. And then going with the Mike Palm parlay, I like TCU here. And there's one game we're missing off there. TCU minus $4, Texas minus $350, Purdue minus $440, and Utah minus $7. Mm-hmm. I think the Texas one is the toughest one. TCU and the Iron Skillet at home, they'll win that game against SMU. Big rivalry game. I expect the four, uh, Frogs and Max Dugan to play well. We'll see now in this matchup what the Horns can do today at home against Texas Tech. And then again, Utah taking on Washington State. I'll tell you what, Washington State's going to have serious problems, in my opinion, this year in league play. Uh, the Apple Cup has been dominated by UW for a long time. And when you look at it, Femi, you know this team well being in yep. the state of Washington. Washington State was up 14 nothing on SC. They give up a fourth down and nine, and then they just never showed up in the second half. I mean, they absolutely got blitzed. I think Utah, with the quarterback change now, will be able to do uh, be effective on offense in this one. 
I was really surprised to see uh, Charlie Brewer just quit. If I'm any other program, I don't take Charlie Brewer. This guy has one bad half of football. They make a quarterback change, and all of a sudden, Charlie Brewer just decides, I'm going to transfer. Come on, give me a break, man. What are you Going gets tough, and you quit. And that's exactly what Charlie uh, Brewer did. So we'll see how Rising does in this matchup. I liked his mobility. I thought he gave that team a little bit of moxie. I expect them to be able to move the football. Yeah, that Texas game that you had there kind of threatened the needle because you said you liked the Red Raiders in that spot with the yeah. points. So that could be a sweat and one of the legs on the parlay there. But I wanted to ask you about Stanford plus five and a half. Or you said you like it down to plus three. I think it's sitting at four yeah. right now. Um, I know a couple weeks ago you said David Shaw. You weren't too big of a fan of David Shaw here. But now, it seems like you're turning around on my guy Shaw. Well, listen, I'm still not a big fan. I mean, what's the recruiting pitch aside from having the greatest academic school and the best campus in the world? What are you going to say? Hey, come here. We're going to run the ball even when we should throw. We haven't adjusted to what 2021 is, which is everyone's throwing the football. Look, I'll give them credit. They had a win against USC. But remember, USC fired their coach. That tells you all you, all you needed to know about that. The bigger thing, this is more of an indictment on UCLA and the line. The Bruins should not be a road favorite. You know, Hayner would still be throwing the ball against that UCLA defense if given an opportunity to do so. UNLV, that vaunted UNLV running Rebels defense was able to slow down Hayner and company in the first half. Kept them to single digits. UCLA didn't manage the clock properly late in the game against uh, Fresno State. Should have taken a little bit more time off the clock. Put Fresno State in a difficult spot. So I, I just, for me, Femi, if this line were where I think it should be, which is really a pick 'em, I wouldn't touch this football game. Yeah, right now at the South Point, you can get UCLA, or rather Stanford, at plus four and a half. Uh, most shops around town, that line is down to four. The total, 59 and a half in that game there. So if you like Stanford, like them all, grab it here at the South Point at plus four and a half. Or even at Caesars, I'm looking as well, has plus four and a half with the Cardinal. But the folks haven't been waiting for my picks, you know, they're not as anticipated as yours are. Uh, you are our resident college football expert, but I do have some picks nonetheless for week four in college football slate. So cue up that graphic. Let's go here with my picks. These are my plays for the day. Starting off with the game of the day out in soldier field, Notre Dame getting six and a half points. The way I see this game is I see this is going to be a lower scoring game. Uh, it's going to be kind of three yards in the cloud of dust. If you will, I would honestly, if I would looked at the total, I'm not a big totals player, but I would lean toward the under with this football game as well. But I just have not seen enough from Wisconsin. And I was buying the Graham Mertz Kool-Aid earlier in the summertime. All it took was one game for me and I'm out because he hasn't looked impressive. He didn't look impressive against Penn state and hasn't looked impressive even in their wins, mind you as well. So give me Notre Dame plus six and a half. I think Jack Cohn revenge game going up against his old team going up against a quarterback who took his job when he was injured. I think you have an inspired performance from Jack Cohn has turned into the leader for this Notre Dame football team. So I think the guys around him are elevated. They are end up kind of just elevating with him and he inspires them to go out and play very difficult. Also, the Fighting Irish will have plenty of fans out there in Soldier Field. Chicago, not too far from South Bend. Even our own Vicent, Tim Murray of the Nightcap, will be in attendance for that game rooting on the Fighting Irish. So I'm seeing the Fighting Irish, majority of the fans, with the points. I'm liking Notre Dame in this spot against Wisconsin them all. Is Jack Cohen a family friend or a relative? Because <laughs> nobody has ever thought this guy is going to be amped up to play a game. Hey, look, let's be real here. Hey, he's their leader. I mean, again, he's not the... He's not a, a, an explosive quarterback in terms of arm strength or anything like that. It's a little bit more p- pedestrian, but he's he's not going to make those terrible mistakes that I think Graham Mertz will make uh, come come later this afternoon. And which game tape do you want to point to between his days in South Bend and Wisconsin that you think would solidify your point of view? Florida State. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Florida State. <laughs> The one that's going to win two games this year, and with Syracuse's defense playing even better, might win one game? I think Notre Dame's defense, though, in all seriousness, kind of gets things corrected with Marcus Freeman. They've had some a tough start to the season, but Freeman is a good defensive coordinator. I think they really get rolling against the Badgers today. I do agree with you, though. I think the number's a little bit high. I wouldn't want to lay six and a half in this matchup, but I love Jim Leonard as a defensive coordinator. Let's see what he can do. But I'm with you. If you say you're going to bet this game, I think you have to take the points in Notre Dame. Yeah, I think it's a field goal game either way, so give me six and a half if you're going to give it to me right there. So the other game that I like, laying it with Clemson, laying the 10 points against North Carolina State. This just, to me, feels like a cheap price on a team that I get it. They haven't looked good. They beat Georgia Tech last week 14-8, to but this team is littered with four- and five-star talent. No other team in the ACC can say that. When's the last time we've seen Clemson laying this cheap of a price? I think if they can fix the issues on the offensive line, NC State hasn't had too much of a 
pass rush so far this season. If they can protect DJ Uyunglele all week long, this Clemson team has been hearing about how they should be on upset alert. It's going to be difficult in Raleigh all week long. They've been hearing how Amal has said they have no shot to make the playoffs. I think this team comes out and makes a statement, finally gets on the right side and gets their first cover ATS uh, this afternoon here on uh, week four slate. Well, since you called me out on I'm saying Clemson's <laughs> not going to make the playoffs, I'm going to tell you the last time Clemson was this short of a favorite. It was two game, three games ago for them, and they lost by 21. <laughs> okay. I'm just telling you. I'm just here providing facts, my friend. I'm just telling you. I, okay. I don't know if you want to lay with these guys. No, I'm with you. I think they win this game. I, I have a lot of question marks. Look, I think Clemson has one of the top three defenses in college football. Mm-hmm. I could actually make the argument they have the best defense in college football. Well, better than they, Georgia. Well, here's the thing with Georgia. You look at it, first of all, in that game, it was a defensive touchdown. Yeah. And also, it was actually, I think Georgia's defense is very good, but I think it was actually the poor play of the Clemson offensive line. That was the problem. Four starters gone from that offensive line. That was the problem for them. I, I think this is a good find you have here. I think they're going to, now NC State has traditionally played well or been competitive against Clemson, mm-hmm. but I think the this is a bit of an overreaction. You go from being a 30-point favorite against Georgia Tech, now down to 10 against NC State. This is an NC State team that can only muster 10 points in Stark Vegas. Yeah. Now you bring in this Clemson defense with nine starters back from last year, it's going to be a real challenge against Venable's team. I think the reason why they come out and have a focus effort is because, like you mentioned, NC State gives them some issues. NC State gives a lot, tends to give a lot of high-powered ACC team issues. I mean, even when Florida State was a powerhouse in the late 90s, early 2000s, it always played the Seminoles pretty tough. So I think that this Clemson team is on high alert. Everyone's been talking about how they're not good, how they're not living up to expectations. DJ's not anywhere close to Trevor, which might be true, but they hear all this stuff, and I think this is a talented team that gets on the right side here this afternoon. My next game, Tennessee plus 19 in the swamp against the Florida Gators. This is just a big letdown spot for the Gators, in my opinion. These are college kids. They emptied the tank out there against the Alabama Crimson Tide at home. Everyone's been patting Florida on the back for, oh, you guys played so well. What a great showing against Bama. I think they feel themselves. I think they overlook this Tennessee team, even though it is a rivalry game. I think that they overlooked them just because of the performance they had last week. And just, it's hard to get up week in, week out in college football. This is an intense rivalry that I think Tennessee will be up for because they want to make a statement out there in the SEC East. Plus, Hendon Hooker, he looked pretty good against Tennessee Tech last week, but I think that doesn't really mean anything. So, but, but I think that this Tennessee team can stay within the number of 19. I don't need them to win them all. I just need them to stay within the number of 19. And the final one that I like here, and this is the goodie that I've been waiting to share with you guys for all, all day long. Give me Southern Miss plus 45 and a half against Alabama. Classic look-ahead spot for the Crimson Tide. They have Ole Miss on deck next Saturday. That'll be the Heisman matchup between Bryce Young and Matt Corral. Also, some ATS stats for you because I know you love trends and betting splits. Alabama, 2-8 and eight ATS in their last 10 games against Conference USA opponents. 2-8 and eight in their last 10 in September. Nick Saban, 3-11 and 11 ATS when favored by 45 points or more. Also, Southern Miss, 4-1 and one ATS when taking on top 10 teams since 2008. This is just Alabama's not going to care about who Southern Miss is. And I think that they are looking ahead solely towards the running Rebels next week in that showdown in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, I haven't heard a thing you've said since you said that the Florida-Tennessee game is a rivalry. But that's another story. <laughs> the, re- the reason why I like your play on this one is because Nick Saban, to his credit, is a coach that generally doesn't run up the score. Mm-hmm. So you have a scenario where unless Alabama really pitches a shutout, it's going to be tough for them to cover. Yeah, I think this is one that Southern Miss, it's gross, it's smelly, but... Plug and play, folks, like they do in all sorts of football games. But on the other side, we're plugging and playing the ACC. I like Clemson. Who else do we like? It's Point Spread Saturday here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner. The rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. 
Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSAN, the sports betting network. It is Point Spread Saturday here on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Femi Abebefe, Amal Shaw coming to you from the South Point Hotel and Casino. And let's talk a little ACC football. Amal, I mentioned at the top, or at least on the last segment, that I like Clemson laying that 10 points there. Clemson is a minus 500 favorite. I know everything that's been said about them, they're still minus 500 to win the ACC. North Carolina is at 10 to 1. Virginia Tech at 16 to 1. Miami, uh, you mentioned not for long for Manny Diaz there. They are 20 to 1 to win the conference. Any odds, before we even get to the slate, anything that stands out to you from a future standpoint? I know. Clemson's likely to be in the, the ACC title game, so you're probably going to get some good plus money on whoever that other opponent is. But anything that stands out to you when you look at the uh, the futures there from uh, these odds from BetMGM there with the ACC? No, I, I would love to see what the actual odds on Clemson are. Remember, before the season, they were somewhere around like eight or nine to one, something yeah, so, ridiculous. Yeah. I'm sure their odds have come down appreciably because of how well they've struggled so far. But I, I still think twelve the, to one at DraftKings to win the national title. Well, I was saying in terms of winning the league. I, oh, I minus 500. Yeah, I wouldn't want to lay that much money, but I still think they're the prohibitive favorite. When you look at the ACC right now, and if you take Clemson out of the mix, um, DraftKings now down to 350 is not the worst price. I, I don't think North Carolina's got enough of a defense to slow down Clemson. But, you know, I, I think it was Sean King here on our network who said he thought Clemson was going to struggle this year, and, and he thought, and I love his statement, he said, Dabo Sweeney's going to get exposed. I tend to agree with him. I think Dabo Sweeney's benefited from the fact that Brent Venables can't interview, and that's why he's never been a head coach. Venables has been the key cog, in my opinion, of their success. The reality of it is I, I just don't think there's any team in the ACC that can challenge them right now. Yeah, no, I think that's it's a conference that is – Kind of an afterthought. I mean, last year, Notre Dame was there during the pandemic season. So that at least made it interesting from a, a, a contender standpoint for Clemson. Uh, someone else that could challenge them. But right now, I mean, the next closest team, 10 to 1 at North Carolina. North Carolina had all the hype coming in. But you saw after one game against Virginia Tech, Mac Brown was like, yeah, we were overrated because they lost outright their Sam Howell's Heisman campaign. It's pretty much crumbled. That was a house of cards. Virginia Tech, 16 to 1. They go out and lose last week out there in Morgantown against West Virginia. So this conference, not too much uh, noise, at least from a college football playoff standpoint, from even a team that maybe challenged Clemson standpoint uh, out there in the ACC. Um, but as we dive into these games, I know you have a play, obviously, Boston College and Missouri. Mm-hmm. You played the Golden Eagles on the money line. But North Carolina State, Clemson, I'm on Clemson minus 10. This slate is just not great when I look at this, to be quite honest. And that was why I had the pregnant pause there. Because I'm looking at this slate of games, and you have New Hampshire at Pittsburgh, Richmond at Virginia Tech, Central Connecticut State at Miami. And that's the one that you have to really scroll down to the, to the write-in games on your odds board for these ones right now, because it's a Pittsburgh. I mean, the Panthers are laying 29 and a half with a total of 54. And I, I doubt you're going to be in, in, interested in playing this one, but 
Any thoughts on this game at 29.5 with the total at 54 between Pitt and New Hampshire? You know, I, I would look at New Hampshire. Look, Pickett's done a terrific job offensively, but New Hampshire has been a team that's been decent in the FCS, so I think this might be a bit of a high line here. They're coming off that loss against Western Michigan. But, Femi, to me, the most interesting, obviously, game in the ACC is between Louisville and Florida State. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing if Louisville can continue their offensive trend of being successful the way they were against UCF. This is a game which Louisville just wrecked uh, Florida State last year, 48-16. I think this game gets over the total. Uh, Malik Cunningham should be able to flourish against this team. And I think Florida State should be able to score some points because Louisville's, def- Louisville's defense is not great. So for me, I would look towards the over 61 in this matchup. Uh, we'll see what happens here. Daytime game at the Doke should be uh, pretty high scoring. Yeah, the total is 61 right now. Louisville minus one and a half. Would you play any money line, Louisville money line, or do you, or you like maybe Florida State? You think that they can pull off the upset in this one? I don't think Florida State's going to win the game. I just think defensively they're lost. I think Louisville should be able to be uh, really put up some points in this one. I think they get into the high 30s, and that's really going to be an opportunity for them in this game to kind of go on the road and get a win at the Doak. Yeah, another one of the intriguing games. I mentioned North Carolina at the top about their odds, 10-1 to 1, to win the ACC. Well, they're taking on Georgia Tech in the night slate out there in Atlanta. I believe that game is actually at the Mercedes-Benz Dome uh, where the Atlanta Falcons play, or at least where they try to play uh, NFL football there. <laughs> no shade to the Atlanta Falcons. Well, I guess all shade to the Atlanta Falcons, as I said that. But North Carolina right now, a 13-point favorite with the total at 65. And this, to me, it looks like... a. North Carolina team, Sam Howell, the offensive line is still there intact. Now the, the skill position guys left to the to the draft um, a year ago there, but I, I think this North Carolina team can have some success, at least through the air, against a Georgia Tech defense. Yeah, I would agree with you. We saw Clemson really struggle to score, but again, Georgia Tech didn't put up a touchdown in the game, had a couple of field goals and a safety. Uh, I think, as you alluded to, uh, they should be able to really get it going. Chandler should be also effective on the ground here in this matchup. But the big question mark is, can Yates be consistent at quarterback for Georgia Tech in this matchup against UNC? I, I don't know. I don't want to lay this number on the road with North Carolina. I'm not going to touch this game. This is one of these games where, Femi, you hope you get an opportunity in game. Perfect example last night with Fresno State. You could have gotten a pretty decent number. I don't know if they ended up covering an inline number where it was less than a touchdown. Yeah, actually, it was six and a half at one point. Yeah, so you would have gotten eight. the cover. Yeah, exactly. So I think you look for something like that in a scenario like this. Yeah, if, uh, if you have the stomach to watch any of these ACC games. Now, Louisville, Florida State, like you mentioned, that should be a good one. North Carolina, Georgia Tech. Uh, there's some other better games during that window, but if you have the an extra TV to go on, and what's your TV situation set up like? Are you going uh, two, three screens, four screens? Uh, What's what's the situation at at a mall's place? I, I got three. I used to have I used to have the best setup ever. I used to have eight. And now I'm down to three. So it's uh, yeah. So you know it's it's not yeah, it's not as good as it bill? used to be. Hey, listen, <laughs> people have expenses, right? People drink. That's their expenses. Mine was mine was on the TV setup. So you know it's it depends on what it is. But um, you know when you look at this situation here between these two teams. This is a game where if you're North Carolina, you want to contend with Clemson. You got to go on the road, and you absolutely got to work these guys. Yeah, I think that's a game that will be all eyes on the Tar Heels. 21st ranked team. The luster has kind of come off of the preseason hype of being a top 10 team, but they have a chance to at least make a little bit of noise and go on a run here in that ACC conference that's a little bit weak there. But when you look at the ACC as in general, we mentioned that there's not too many teams that can make the playoff. Clemson plus 155 to make the playoff. It doesn't sound like you're really interested in that, those odds coming from DraftKings. You would maybe, because I know we were sitting two weeks ago, I believe it was, that they were plus money on the no to miss the playoffs. You said you like that price. Would you maybe play back and maybe try to take two plus money prices? Or do you really think this team has no shot to get to that final? No, I don't think it's that they have no shot, but let's look at it right now. Even if Oregon drops a game in league play, having the road win at Ohio state propels them over Clemson. Yeah. Uh, assuming things play out in the Big 12, even if Oklahoma drops a game, they're going to get in a, if they win the Big they 12. The yeah, and if yeah. even if Iowa State ran the table and beat Oklahoma twice, assuming they those two match up, they would, they, they would get in. And I think the SEC right now, you're looking at Alabama or A&M with a crash course against Georgia in the SEC title game, or if Florida gets back there and they beat A&M, uh, Alabama. Uh, I think it's a scenario where they would get in. So I think you're going to wind up with two teams from the SEC. You wind up with a Big 10 team, a potential Big 12 or the Pac-12 team. Who does Clemson play on the rest of their schedule that 20 other teams in America couldn't play and go undefeated against? Yeah, that's, I think that's, that's the point you brought up two weeks ago, and I think that's the kind of point that you have to keep driving home here. And it just – because it's interesting that, like, you, the way you make that point, I get that it's college football, but 
this team is still being lined in the futures market as a team that has a decent shot. I mean, they're 12 to win. They win the national title. Uh, they're still plus 155 to make the playoff. You think that's just flat out wrong? That what would you line it at essentially? No, no, I think the odds for the college football playoff to win the national title are correct. The the thing to me is though, and I understand why they're a, uh, just a short plus money price to make the playoff because of how weak their league is. But they need other people to lose. That's the thing. They don't. They're not in a situation where they can help themselves. I thought it was idiotic when Paul Feinbaum said Ohio State's got a tougher challenge. Ohio State's still got to play Penn State. Michigan looks like they're trending in the right direction. Mm -hmm. They they are playing. Look, you mentioned they played some weaker opponents, but I think they've dominated these opponents unlike they have in the past couple of years. So you're looking at Penn State, Michigan, potentially Michigan State all ranked matchups. Still Iowa and Wisconsin to come out of the Big Ten West. They're going to play plenty of teams that are ranked. The Buckeyes just need to run the table from that perspective. Who does Clemson play that you sit there and go, well, that's a top 20 team. I mean, North Carolina, they can't afford to drop another game. Yeah, that's that's their their best hope is that North Carolina runs the table and is sitting there at 11-1. and Think about this. Miami was probably expected to be a two- or three-loss team. Miami's not going to be in that boat. Miami's going to be a team that struggles. Virginia Tech looks like they're a team that's going to be, you know, maybe eight and four, something like that. Miami, if everything goes properly, could be that way. But this is not necessarily a strong league. This might be one of the worst individual leagues in terms of a year that you've ever seen what we're seeing from the ACC. Yeah, Clemson. I mean, the reason why I asked if what would you make the numbers just because if there's no pathway for this team, and I get, I get it, chaos could ensue. Oregon could lose two Pac-12 games. Some other stuff could happen around the country. You, nobody really knows. It's so early on in the season. But like you've laid out here, it's hard to envision a path for this team to make it to the playoff without absolute chaos happening across the board. Yeah, the problem in the ACC right now is Clemson's the dominant program, but this year the league is not good, and Clemson's not a good, great team. Yeah. They're just, they're a good team. Their defense is elite. I will say one thing, though. 12-1 to 1 is not a bad bet on Clemson for a couple of reasons. There's still a great opportunity for them to make the playoff. And if they get in with that defense, I think they can beat anybody if the offense ever kind of catches up to them at even 70%. Yeah, no, that'll be interesting to keep an eye on. that. They're, they're an interesting team in this odds market just because of the schedule that lies ahead and the other teams around the country in those other conferences as well. We'll break down a couple of those other conferences. Pac-12. Big Ten, we're going to get our Rose Bowl on here on Point Spread Saturday. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line, over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way. VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. It is Point Spread Saturday here from the South Point Hotel and Casino. Femi Abebefe, Amal Shah, week number four in the college football season. So the conference I know that you probably follow the closest since you're an Ohio State fan is the Big Ten. And a team we've kind of talked about here uh, earlier on in this show, the Michigan Wolverines. They're the 19th ranked team in the country taking on the Rutgers Scarlet Knight. And Michigan is laying a pretty big number against an undefeated team. Both of these teams enter this game at 3-0 and straight up and against the spread. I think, well, Michigan, I believe, is 3-0 against the spread. But these teams have outperformed expectations here. I believe the line is 20 and a half. I had it. Oh, there it is. Uh, Michigan, 20 and a half and a total of 50. Now, Michigan has looked really good. They lost Ronnie Bell after week one. Uh, They run the ball really effectively. But Rutgers, Greg Schiano, they're a well-coached team. Would you maybe look to take the points there with the Scarlet Knights, or do you think Michigan has too many talented players for Rutgers to be able to keep up? You know, Femi, I I apologize, but I'm going to go away from your numbers call here. I'm going to look at the total here. I'm leaning towards the under. I think it's going to be a tough defensive matchup. When you look at from a special teams perspective, Aaron Cruikshank, if you're not familiar with him, arguably the best kick returner in college football. They've got a huge advantage in special teams, Rutgers does. Michigan has been terrific, though, defensively. That's really where they've excelled. I think Rutgers is solid enough to slow down this Wolverine team, but I think this Michigan team is better than maybe a lot of people anticipated coming into the season. They've done a really nice job, and where they've dominated is from a defensive perspective. You look at this one so far this year, they've only given up 34 points in three games. You saw the Washington game. They really dominated Mm -hmm. that Washington team, and I grant you that the Huskies offensively have been challenged, but uh, I, I don't like the 20. I think it's right around this number, somewhere between... 
14 and 24 for the Wolverines. I don't think Rutgers can go on the road and play as well as they did last year at home in Pisca, uh, in New Brunswick. Well, the stadium's in Piscataway. The school's yes. in New Brunswick, sorry. Uh, in, in terms of this matchup where it was 48-42. So for me, it's going to be a stay-away spot. Uh, again, an opportunity if an in-game uh, presents itself, but no play here in this game. Yeah, you said you like the under. 6% of the tickets, 40% of the money on under 49.5 over at DraftKings. The, to me, it almost feels like if the, the under is the side, then maybe the dog inherently, just because you get those types of points, because it's a lower-scoring game, less possessions, those points have to be valuable, at least to some extent. I, I think you make an excellent point, but I feel like the way Michigan has played defensively, I, I could see this game potentially being 31-10, 34-10 in favor of the Wolverines. I don't know if it necessarily plays out that way, but I've just really been impressed with Michigan's defense thus far. An interesting game later on this afternoon in East Lansing, Nebraska taking on Michigan State. Sparty has been kind of the toast of the town in the Big Ten there. Got a big win over Miami last week. Now, make of Miami what you will. Uh, it's not a great team there, but they've covered every single game so far this season. They're laying five points with a total of 52 and a half against the Cornhuskers. Nebraska also had a good showing last week, covering against Oklahoma, unable to win the game outright. They've already lost two games. I've seen some people kind of slowly but surely creeping in say they like this Nebraska side. Uh, a lot of the public support is probably going to be on Sparty in this matchup, but uh, what, what side would you be on, or would you also be on the total in this game as well? No, I, I'm not going to touch this football game, and a couple of reasons why. Look, Michigan State's gotten off to a, a fast start. They're ranked now, I think. Look, they beat a Northwestern team that only had seven starters back, among the fewest in Division One football. And then uh, we see them go on the road and take care of business against Miami. But if you really look at that game, Femi, it was a lot closer than the final score indicated. It was pretty much a one-possession game throughout. I think Kenneth Walker, his speed has made a difference in terms of how uh, Michigan State has performed out of the backfield. But I still have some concerns in terms of the quarterback play. Is it going to be consistent enough for this team to be able to win games? You know, they scored 21 points in that fourth quarter against Miami. Going into the fourth quarter, it was 17-14. It's not like Michigan State's offense has been tearing it up. So from that point of view, I'm not ready to back them. Nebraska, they played extremely well against Oklahoma, but I thought it was a combination of Nebraska playing well, also with Oklahoma a bit inept on offense. I, I'm not surprised that people are backing Sparty here, but I think it's a bit of an overreaction on Michigan State. I'm not going to touch this football game, but I, I can completely appreciate why people are on Michigan State. Yeah, right now, a lot of people on Michigan State in this one. 75% of the tickets, 83% of the money. Uh, also, that information available on vsin.com, those betting splits like we mentioned at the top of the segment there. 80% of the money on, or rather 80% of the tickets on the over 46.5 with 65% of the money. Thinking this one will be a more higher scoring game, at least than what the market is projecting right now. At this moment, another game in the Big Ten, Colorado State going against Iowa. The Hawkeyes, 23-and-a-half-point favorites at home with a total of 44-and-a-half. This is another one, low-scoring game, but the Hawkeyes are a considerable favorite here as a fifth-ranked team in the country. This Iowa team, it, it doesn't look pretty, but they get it done. Kirk Ferentz has this thing rolling out there uh, over at Kinnick Stadium. Yeah, to uh, quote Dabo Sweeney again, uh, them boys are in trouble. Colorado State, despite the road <laughs> win against Toledo, I think they're going to be in serious, uh, uh, they're going to be in a world of pain in this matchup at Kinnick Stadium. I like Iowa. They didn't play particularly well against Kent State. I think they bounced back in this one and they're much more efficient. This is the one problem I have with Iowa. This That game against Kent State, you should be able to just absolutely boat race this team, not capitalizing on opportunities. This Colorado State defensively team, I don't know if they're going to be able to slow down Iowa enough. I think the Hawkeyes, with their defense, should be able to win this game comfortably. I, I think, Femi, they cover the number, and I'm not going to lay it. I, I just would never want to be a guy to lay 24 points with the Hawkeyes, but I, yeah. I see this one being one of those 38 type of 10, 38, th uh, 13 type of games for the Hawkeyes. Yeah, Hawkeyes, to me, feel like they're one of those types of teams that great to play as an underdog, stay away as a favorite type of thing. Like It was great. Had them in the Cyhawk battle against Iowa State. I love that, but as a, as a favorite, expecting this team to score points and run away from their opponent doesn't really feel like they're kind of MO um, out there in the Big Ten. The last Big Ten game I want to get to, Illinois taking on Purdue. The Boilermakers, 11-point favorites with a total of 53-and-a-half. This Illinois team, it's it, Brett Bilma out there. I get it to your one. It hasn't looked great, but they've been covering. This is a team that covers big numbers. This is another spot that you think that they could possibly cover getting multiple possessions here on the road. I took Purdue on the money line in that parlay I mentioned earlier, but here's the thing. I would actually lay the points with Purdue. Okay. Peters is a guy who's been inconsistent. We, we saw he was dealing with injuries, didn't play particularly well against Maryland. I, I thought they played as a team. They played well, 
But I thought the Terrapins missed some opportunities to pull away in that football game. They did come back from behind and win that. I, I think Purdue, we saw their defense is still fairly decent to solid uh, against Notre Dame on the road. They had an opportunity in that game. I like their chances here at uh, West Lafayette to go to 3-1 and one and win this game outright before they get into a more, much more challenging uh, October Big Ten schedule. So, to me, I, I wouldn't have a problem laying the points because of the lack of defensive ability of Illinois. We have a couple minutes here left in this segment, so I want to get to some of the Pac-12 games, Conference of Champions, at least that's what Bill Walton likes to call it there. Not sure if uh, it really applies in football, but a game that I'll have a lot of high interest on out in Seattle. Now, we talked about UCLA-Stanford earlier. Uh, we can talk about Oregon a little bit later, but I wanted to touch on this game between Cal and Washington. Cal has been the thorn in the Husky side, even during Chris Peterson's time there at Washington towards the end there. Uh, they've lost, a, I think it was two straight to this Cal team. Justin Wilcox is familiar with that UW program out there. Uh, always gives them fits with that secondary and the, the defensive scheme that they have. What do you make of this? I'm seeing the line opened up at nine. And it's seven and a half now in favor of the Huskies. But there was that initial movement there in favor of the Golden Bears, a total at 47. This to me, I don't, I mean, granted, I might be being emotional because I'm a fan, but I don't see how this Husky team can be laying more than a touchdown against a conference opponent. I don't care who it is, just based on how they've looked in this first month of the season. I I tend to agree with you. I think this California team is still very solid defensively. I was really impressed with the performance we saw out of California when they went down to TCU and took the Frogs down to the wire. I think TCU is far better. So from that perspective, uh, I, I look at this one. I, I am surprised, and you mentioned it. Remember, Cal, they didn't play last year. They beat uh, Washington two years ago by a score of 20-19. to 19. So for me, uh, I would be looking at Cal plus 7.5. Late start here on the left coast, 630 uh, out at Husky Stadium. But I don't know. I, I just don't get this Washington team inconsistent. They're 7.5-point favorites. I'm, I'm probably not going to touch this game, but I'm with you in terms of how you see this number being a little bit high. Yeah, it just feels a little high to me, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that is indicating that Washington will be able to put together some sort of performance offensively that we have yet to see thus far this season. Real quick here, Arizona taking on Oregon. The Ducks, 28.5-point favorites with a total of 58. That's our Pac-12 after dark game. Stormy Bonatoni, the host of my guys, she'll be out there on the sidelines in Eugene for that one, so make sure to watch out for Stormy but what do you think about this Ducks team, which is a national title contender now after getting that win in the horseshoe in Columbus, now taking on this Arizona squad that's probably the worst team in the Pac-12? Yeah, they, they to me, are by far and away the worst team in league play, but uh, I don't want to lay 28.5 in this game. I mean, look, Oregon can win by 40. They could win by 20, and it's virtually the same thing. These are one of these games where I just feel like there's better games to bet on. Yeah, maybe uh, throw Oregon in with like a parlay with the UFC, but Valentino Shevchenko, you know, uh, later tonight. No, I I disagree with that because the thing at minus 6,000 on a money line, Mm -hmm. you don't get enough value to justify it, but a loss is more detrimental than a win is positive. That's a great point. That's why you are you, and that's why you are here on Point Spread Saturday and all. We appreciate it. No, no more bye weeks for you. <laughs> I got I got two more on the schedule. Yeah, we'll see about that. We'll tell, we'll, I got we'll a great I got a great athletic director. Uh, great schedule maker indeed. We'll wrap up the 9 a.m. schedule here on Points Free Saturday on the other side of the break. It is Visa and the Sports Betting Network. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to, like, choose a more challenging route than just, like, da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been, like, easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and, like, so simple? And what else was it going to—like, that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. 
Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSEN, the sports betting network. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VSIN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24-7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to VSIN.com data and analysis. You get everything VSIN has to offer for only $22 per month. Sign up now at VSIN.com slash subscribe. It is the final segment of Point Spread Saturday here from the South Point Hotel and Casino, Femi Abebefe of Malshaw, breaking down week four of the college football slate. We've given out our picks. We'll give them out a little later on in this segment. But first, let's go through all the 9 a.m. games of all. These are the games that people are looking to bet. Look, It's about two hours to kick off here for these games. So let's give them our final thoughts on this game, starting with the game of the day out in Chicago at Soldier Field. Notre Dame taking on Wisconsin. Our guy, Tim Murray, the host of the nightcap, in Chicago for that game there. So the Fighting Irish fans will be in attendance. But right now, the Badgers, six-and-a-half-point favorites. Total sitting at 45. Final thoughts on that one between the Badgers and the Irish. Yeah, congratulations, Tim Murray. Obviously, he's going to live forever. The fact that you would fly three-and-a-half hours to Chicago to watch them lose, get back on a plane, <laughs> fly to Vegas, and spend all day in, in Soldier Field. Wow. Good for him. Uh, in this matchup, when I look at it, look, the problem with Notre Dame is Jack Cohen offensively. This is a guy, Femi, that's been inconsistent. This is a Notre Dame team that needed 18 points in the fourth quarter against Toledo to rally. That Purdue game... They never really, as I said earlier, were in a threat to lose the game, but they did get the cover late in that matchup. I don't like this Notre Dame team offensively. You also alluded to this. Marcus Freeman's defense has got to play better. Yeah. Not that Graham Mertz and company are worried about them, but I think if Wisconsin gets that running game going, it could be a real problem for Notre Dame. I'm not going to lay the points here, but I would be more likely to take it. I think Wisconsin wins in a 20-17, to 24-17 type of game. Yeah, I took the points in Notre Dame plus 6.5 there. I just see it being way low scoring. And like you mentioned, 20 to 17, that's kind of the way I see this game playing out there. So those points were valuable in my opinion. Another game that's on an SEC slate, say that five times fast, number two, Georgia at Vandy. The Bulldogs, 35-point favorites on the road, a total of 54. So here we go with Georgia once again. Big favorite, low total, but that defense is as impressive as anybody's in the country right here uh, between the Bulldogs and the Commodores. Yeah, I was looking for a fastball. You threw a breaking ball. I thought we were going to go A&M Arkansas here. Georgia Vanderbilt. I didn't even realize we were obligated to talk about this game. 9 a.m. slate, man. That's 12.30. We got time to get to that. Listen, 11 o'clock. Let me tell you something. Those kids in Vandy are a bit hungover. They're not even going to make this game because it'll be over by halftime. Dogs should roll in this game. If you can catch an under 21, I would take potential shot with Georgia in the first half. I think Vanderbilt's really going to struggle to score against this Georgia defense. Uh, Total of 53. Not going to get involved in that. We've seen Florida go in there and put up 40, 50 points in these types of matchups. I think Georgia rolls, I don't know, about 36 on the road, but I think Vanderbilt's in trouble. Missouri at Boston College. You have a play on this one on the money line. Right now, the Tigers a one-point favor with a total of 58. Yeah, I appreciate the way you phrased that. I have a play on the money line. BC catching one here. I really went out on that limb. But I, I like Boston College like, to like win this game. Plus money. Yeah, though. exactly. Well, yeah, I got, I got the plus 105. Now it's down to even money. But I like BC here, despite the fact that Phil Jerkovic is out at quarterback. We'll see what uh, Dennis Gosell can do under center for BC. But to me, you know, everyone's talking about who's going to be the next coach at USC. They don't have the guts to do it. I would hire Jeff Halfley. He's young. He's got energy. He's got enthusiasm. You look at Ohio State defensively. Three out of the last four years, they've struggled 
the one year they were great, Halfley was the coach. He's turned around BC. Steve Adazio gave him a lemon. He, he didn't even realize he bought a lemon. And he has turned this program around. He's done a tremendous job. I think they win this game against Missouri. I don't know why there's such an affinity for the bookmakers for Missouri being a road favorite up at Chestnut Hill. The next game on our slate, Bowling Green at Minnesota. The Golden Gophers laying 31 points on or at home rather with a total of 51. They looked impressive on the road though last week against Colorado. You like them again in this spot here. Now the expectations are getting higher and higher for PJ Flex team there. Yeah, they did a great job defensively. Gave up less than 70 yards against Colorado. Uh, I don't want to lay this number with Minnesota because of their style of play. But Bowling Green is just an absolutely awful defense. And so when you look at this team, they've gotten a little bit better so far this year. But again, they haven't really played too many teams that are great offensively. Tennessee and, of course, South Alabama. Uh, no play here in this game, Femi. I think there's probably better spots or better games. You, you kind of hope maybe Minnesota falls behind early or maybe you, they get up big early on that you can get an in-game total where you just kind of hope that both teams run out the clock a little bit. Speaking of in-game, I think one of the best in-game teams in college football is Army because I feel like you can tell within two series of whether the team can either stop the triple option or they can't. And Army's taking on Miami of Ohio this afternoon. They're laying seven and a half with a total of 48 and a half. So that might be one where you look at, hey, Miami, Ohio struggling, lay it with Army on the live line. Or if they're not struggling, maybe you can take a, take a look at Miami, maybe even live money line play. I think that's a great point you make there in this particular matchup. Miami's had some struggles defensively. Uh, they were competitive against the Gophers, but remember Cincinnati absolutely housed them. I think it was like 49-14, and in that game they got 14 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, the one thing I love about Army is that they're such a disciplined team. They're not going to beat themselves. And then the other thing is Monken's teams are going to go for it on fourth and short. Fourth and one, fourth and two, fourth and three. You're not seeing a punter come out there. And I kind of look at it this way. If you were cheering for Miami of Ohio, what do you want them to do? You want them to punt because you're probably not going to stop them and that becomes huge from a betting perspective you're getting four downs to get those 10 yards it is so tough army excels so well at what they do in terms of running the triple option yeah they play for that fourth down it yeah. feels like they say we got four tries to get 10 yards versus Absolutely. other coaches who think we have three tries to get 10 yards and let's just punt it on fourth down well you're starting to see coaches take more of those risks we saw it yesterday i think middle tennessee state went for it um in on their own half or it might have been charlotte i don't remember which team it was but again it's it's amazing you, you can learn all those aspects of the of that but some of these coaches maybe someday they'll learn clock management i've always said before you hire a head coach you should give them a sheet and say here's the situation what would you do if they can't pass that they shouldn't even be considered for the job i think that's an excellent point there or hire somebody at least who can be an assistant for them to handle those types of situation that can be a consultant I'm available 10k a game <laughs> A mall shop Straight consultant up. firm right there. I'm not kidding in, you. In-game consultant. No, for... but th think about think about this. We saw this in, in the game last night. Middle Tennessee. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, two nights ago, it was Marshall and West uh, yeah, Appalachian and App, State. App State. Marshall punts the ball. App State wasn't smart enough to take a timeout after they get a sack. Marshall punts the ball with 14 on the play clock with less than two minutes to go in the half. What are you doing? Take the play clock down to one, call a timeout, and then punt the football. That 14 seconds. By the way, App State scored with about three seconds left in the half. Yeah, App State ended up winning that game by one as well, so I think those three points might have mattered uh, there just a, just a little bit there. By the way, this is why I show this, this show is mediocre. we got an App State grad here. <laughs> I'm <kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, let's take it easy on our producer, Matt, here. He's done a great job for us. Hey, he's done a terrific on job. On Point Spread Saturday. Uh, next game out in the SEC, LSU and Mississippi State. Stark Vegas, but the Tigers are laying two and a half with a total of 56. Yeah, I like Mississippi State here at home. Remember, this is a game last year where we saw Bo Pliny at the time when he was the defensive coordinator for LSU. They got embarrassed in that matchup. A lot of question marks. Derek Stingley going to be out as good as him and e, uh, Ricks are in that secondary. You lose a, caliber, a player of that caliber. And Will Rogers has really gotten comfortable in this Mike Leach offense. I think they win this game. And these are the types of games, if you're Mike Leach and you're going to retain that job in Stark Vegas, who you alluded to, you got to win this one. And I think this is a very capable one. I'll tell you another thing. If Edo loses this game, and then I think they've got uh, Auburn coming in, in next week at L against LSU on the road. If Auburn wins that game in Death Valley, we could see Edo out before the season's over. Yeah, it could get sticky out there in Baton Rouge for Ed Orgeron there. Uh, another game that we should get to, Boise State and Utah State. We haven't touched on that one uh, just yet in today's game. I believe it just moved on the odds board. I've had it up. Boise State and Utah State. We're doing on-the-fly uh, radio here as uh, we look for this game. Uh, but just general thoughts in that game out there. Hank Bachmeyer, the Boise State quarterback, has been there for forever. Uh, it feels like at least. But what do you make of this game between the, the, the Broncos and the Aggies? 
you know, I would lean slightly towards Utah State, but I don't say that with any kind of confidence. As Boise State's gotten off to a slow start. They lost that game against Oklahoma State at home. Uh, they lost to UCF in a game which they were really doing well in the first half. Uh, Utah State got absolutely crushed by Boise State last year. The revenge factor here for the Aggies in home at, uh, at home in Logan. Yeah, Boise State actually a nine and a half point favorite with a total of sixty nine and a half. You said you would lean toward toward Utah State. Yeah, but I mean, again, I don't say that with any confidence. Just nine at home. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Boise State wins this game by twenty one. I'm not playing this one. Texas Tech taking on Texas, the Longhorns. Nine point favorites against the Red Raiders. I know that was in your money line play, total of 62 and a half, but you said Red Raiders could be a, a frisky underdog out there in Austin. Yeah, I like their chances to be able to cover in this game. I think it's going to be a tight, competitive game, always is against the Horns, but I think Texas, at the end of the day, too much Bijan Robinson. That'll be the difference in this one. We'll see what Tyler Shug can do, uh, the Oregon transfer for uh, Texas Tech in this matchup. SMU TCU out there in Fort Worth. Frog, the Horn Frogs, nine and a half point favorites with a total of 65 and a half. Uh, you know what? The iron skillet on the line here. I like TCU in this matchup. Uh, they should be able to win this game at Amon Carter. I think Dugan and company should be able to move the ball effectively. This is one that TCU generally plays well in this matchup. I like them to be able to cover this game. All right, finally, let's wrap up the plays for today. Amal, you're on BC, Moneyline plus 105. Stanford plus 5.5. You like it, though, down to Stanford plus 3. Yeah. And also Akron, Ohio State, under 66.5. And, and you have the Mike Palm parlay on your card as well. Yeah, oh. TCU, Texas, Utah, Purdue, Moneyline. And, uh, and you know, look, I, th- I think Stanford getting 5.5 is too big of a number. I don't know. You know, DTR can't hit open receivers at times. And the UCLA defense hasn't stopped too many people. I'm on Notre Dame plus 6.5. Clemson minus 10. Tennessee plus 19. Southern Miss. Plus 45 and a half is on my card as well. That does it here for Point Spread Saturday, week four of the college football slate. Coming up next, the Lombardi line. Michael Lombardi, Patrick Maher here on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Good luck in casting tickets. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.